Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. The pandemic has hit women disproportionately to men. Working mothers in particular have put their kids in front of their work commitments. Future Women and the Gidget Foundation have combined forces to get women back into work after the pandemic. They've created the Jobs Academy, and it might be just the thing you need to get you on your feet again. Jamila Rizvi is the Chief Creative Officer at Future Women. Hi, Jamila. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, Now, I know we have talked about this before, but for those who haven't heard our previous conversations, what kind of impact has the pandemic had on women? Well, not a good one. Um, Australian women were the first people out of work when the pandemic hit in March of last year. Interestingly, we were also the first ones back to work, but many Australian women have had the experience that they have gone back to jobs where they are now paid less than they used to be paid before or they are working far less hours, they're working reduced hours compared to what they were doing before. And increasingly we are seeing this additional group of women who, particularly in the lockdown states, have looked at the extraordinary load of unpaid work they have to do in the home, unpaid caring, unpaid cleaning work, that they can't get the same help with that they used to have and then add on top of that that they've had to become educators and it is women who are doing the vast majority of the homeschooling work and that group of women have just gone no it it is simply not feasible for me to be in the paid workforce right now when I have such demands on my time at home and while for some women that's been manageable financially as the pandemic the acute phase of the pandemic comes to an end and we do go back to work and the kids go back to school, there is going to be a significant number of women in the community who are wondering what they're going to go back to and who need a better solution than that. And does it surprise you, Jamila, just how much it was women who carried that burden of homeschooling? To be honest, no, it doesn't. It disappoints me. It doesn't (laughs) surprise me at all. Um, You know, there's been some interesting early data that's shown that while men are doing more unpaid work in the home than they used to, women are doing twice that. Mm. So the gap is actually widening between what men are doing and what women are doing, which goes against all of our theories about working from home and being present. But that stereotype of dad going into the study and closing the door while mum's working, working at the kitchen table, trying to homeschool three children and do a load of washing. Yes. That is happening in a lot of households. And I'm curious about this idea of um, the invisible work that women do, because I feel like that phrase is something we've been using for over a decade now to describe the domestic work that lots of women do in terms of the cleaning and the washing and the feeding of the children and now add homeschooling to it. And I think that's what kind of boggles my brain a bit is that this is this is still a thing in a in a period of time where this kind of work should have been extraordinarily visible because mm. both people were at home. It's almost like 
it can happen it can be happening in front of the opposite sex and they still don't see it yeah I think it shows just how deeply we've all been socialized to Mm. expect certain behaviors of women and certain behaviors of men and particularly of of mothers unfortunately and I actually think it goes broader than that you know we we have a lot of conversations about unpaid childcare and unpaid cleaning responsibilities maybe a few conversations about unpaid care for elderly relatives but there's even more than that right there's that emotional work Mm. that women do and I think during a pandemic that is also heightened the number of women in my life I know who are worried about friends worried about sisters worried about parents who are providing that informal mental health care to people in their lives we're the ones who are baking or cooking meals for families who are isolating or supporting people in the community who are who are doing it tough and I do think that burden does keep falling on women yeah so let's talk about the program that you've developed it sounds very exciting you did touch on how women have been impacted by the pandemic but when you were designing this program who did you have in mind I had in mind the women who fall into the categories I spoke about earlier so I had in mind a woman who lost her job at the beginning of the pandemic and lost her confidence along with it and is now kind of struggling along trying to figure out what to do with her life. I had in mind the woman who had made an extraordinary contribution to her workplace over many years full-time, but when the pandemic came along, she was asked to cut her hours to 10 or 20 a week and somehow those hours haven't come back again. And I had in mind so many of my friends who have been on maternity leave for short periods or much longer periods over the last little while and the idea of going back to work scares them. They want to go back but they don't know if they feel relevant. They don't know if they've got the right connections. They know that the workplace has changed. They know that they've changed and they're not sure how they fit back into it anymore. And It's such a incredible um, initiative because that kind of covers the whole spectrum of what women are struggling with with employment and it's incredible that you can catch all of those people so straight right from the beginning when you start your family all the way through to being highly successful in your career but what for whatever reason have lost hours or confidence you've got you've managed to create something that will help all of those people um, so the question is, how do you design a program <laughs> that is essentially going to, that these are women with very vastly different experiences, right? So you've got mm. on one hand, perhaps someone who's quite young, who hasn't had a chance to really get a get their hands into a career. Or then you've got women who are very experienced, but are, are trying to change and get more hours. I mean, how do you cater for such a such different experiences. With a whole lot of planning, Siobhan. I, I, I think um, 
Look, at Future Women, we uh, have really benefited coming to the table with Jobs Academy from the fact that we already do an extraordinary amount of work in this space. Uh, We already provide leadership programs for women. We provide confidence training. We provide networking. We provide mentoring. So we do a lot of work in this space uh, where employers um, purchase uh, the ability to work with us to push their women employees to the next leadership level, or there are women themselves who sign up to work with future women to grow their confidence, grow their skills, their presentation skills, perhaps, or their ability to manage a team, whatever it might be. So those who join us as part of the Jobs Academy will have access to literally all of that. Mm-hmm. They have access to all of our existing programs. Uh, so they can choose, I suppose, in almost a self-selecting way where they want to fit in in that kind of vast array of what we're offering. In addition to that, we will be supporting our Jobs Academy members with a revamped program called Future Proof, which is all about future-proofing your career. So rather than just focusing on getting you a job today, we're looking at what your career is going to look like over the next 5, 10 15, 40 years, depending on who you are, right? (laughs) And let's hope that's not you and me, Siobhan, doing the 40 years. (laughs) And and we're also bringing employers to the table. So this program kicks off in a couple of months. But in the meantime, the Future Women team is doing a whole lot of work with employers all over Australia. Mm. And we are bringing on those employers to offer jobs. And those employers are people who are looking to recruit more skilled women who are looking at their own workforces and saying, we want a more gender diverse uh, workforce. We have jobs for intelligent, hardworking, committed women of skill sets ranging from high school graduates right through to women with PhDs. And if you can, we can connect those two groups together, I think we're going to see some real magic happen. Mm, I mean, it. the thing that it, it's, what I love about it, apart from everything, is um, it sounds like by doing this, you are helping to get more women back into work, but then there's going to be more equality in the workplace just by the very fact there'll be more women back in work. But also, even though when we're speaking today, we're speaking mainly to mothers um, with small children, there's a big problem with women once they hit a certain age and feel like, oh, well, where do I go now? Is my career over at 50 when I know I'm going to have yeah. to work for another 20 years? So it sounds like you're also um, addressing that issue. Yeah, we've had to really think about how we tailor this program to different people. And I think one of the things that we are doing with it is that it's 12 months long. And we're not expecting people to be engaging in this program for hours every day for 365 days, right? No one's got that kind of time. The whole idea is to get people a job, so we don't want them to have that (laughs) kind of time. Um, But what we're doing with this sort of always-on strategy is giving women the ability to pick and choose not to be forced into job programs that or skills training programs that they don't need or that aren't relevant for them. So this, what we're doing with the Future Women Jobs Academy is giving women the opportunity to go it's almost, I like to think of it as a sushi train and it's all going around and you just grab the ones that you want and you think that looks delicious to me and you can work out what suits you and put together a delicious meal. Now I'm taking this metaphor way too far. Um, You're making me hungry. Good. But I think, honestly, I think the best thing about it is um, we've been supported by the Australian government to do this, which means we've been given the financial support to do it properly and to do it Mm. really well. And it means that we can offer it free of charge to the women who get to participate in this program. Um, The program's valued at over $5,000 a person 
and we will be delivering it to a whole bunch of women who perhaps wouldn't have had the capacity to pay on their own. Yeah. You know, probably, I think most of us don't have the capacity to invest $5,000 in our career at most stages, right? So yeah. that's a rare opportunity. And I think we're going to be giving those women a real life-changing 12 months, as well as hopefully some incredible jobs by the end of it. Yes. And I should also um, add to that, that the flexibility in terms of choosing uh, what people believe they need or feel they're they're Mm. lacking in their skill set is also a flexibility you've worked into this program so that caring roles can continue and whatever part-time work or whatever work you have like you've designed this course so that it is family friendly right yeah it is so the entire course is delivered digitally there are a number of components that are delivered live and people have the opportunity to ask questions and we put people on the spot now and then with presentation skills and things (laughs) like that and practice but everything is recorded everything can be watched back by participants So if you are up at three in the morning breastfeeding and that's the only time you've got to get involved, then we will make that work. So the program has been designed to be as flexible as possible. Our audience are mums. A lot of them are going to be mums with young children for Mm. whom that flexibility isn't something that they'd like to have. It's a must have. And so we've designed this program with them in mind. So now that I've got everybody super excited, (laughs) how many applications are you accepting? I mean, obviously, like you said, you've you've funded and you've you've got that uh, support there, but um, how many women can you take on for this program? Well, this is a pilot program. So we have been funded to invite 140 women into the Future Women community in 2022 as part of the Jobs Academy, but we are planning, and when I say planning, very actively planning to open up the Jobs Academy to even more women in the future. Uh, We are in conversations with the Australian government about supporting those places already and we haven't even kicked off the first program. (laughs) So I really encourage women to apply because even if we can't accept you into that first round, I'm hoping that second round will be literally just around the corner. And the other thing I'd like to say is we, we really encourage expressions of interest from women who have experienced hardship in their life that makes connecting with jobs particularly difficult. So women living in rural, regional, remote locations, women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds, women living with disability, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander women are all really strongly encouraged to apply. Excellent. Well, it is super exciting. Jamila, congratulations for putting together such a fabulous program. And thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me, Siobhan. That's Jamila Rizvi. She's the Chief Creative Officer at Future Women and we'll put links to the website in the notes of this episode so you can start applying now. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.